What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. I am Brian McCulloch. You probably already know that if you're listening, but in case you didn't, I am the assistant to the boss, the boss being Joy McCullough, my lovely wife and business partner, the Big Wheel herself. And today we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff with a super cool dude and uh, Andrew Bosco of Bosco Bike Fits. Welcome to the podcast, big dog. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, it's awesome to have you. So for everyone at home, this is a really unique opportunity. Uh, Andrew and I have been racing together. Well, you, well, I, we'll get to, well, we're going to have a little background with you because you've really been in bikes and your whole family's been in bikes and, and all sorts of bikes, not just road cycling where you and I know each other, but you guys have been in all sorts of bikes for a long time. But, but what we're here to talk about today is you, you started a company called Bosco Bike Fits, and you've done a number of bike fits for a number of our athletes. And in fact, uh, when we get off the line, I have to actually send you one more of a guy I talked to yesterday who wants to get a bike fit. But um, I've had a bike fit with you, and it's just something that we think at Big Wheel Coaching is just foundational for folks to be properly fitted to their bike because so many times in the industry or the, the focus for all cyclists is on products, right? Like, Oh, I need a new set of wheels or I need the new 12 speed this, or I need a lighter chain or, or a better set of tires. And all those things are important, but in reality, all of those things are either consumable or will become obsolete in one, two, three, four years. Whereas a bike fit is something that is an investment in you and in, in, in the rider and for them to be able to make the most out of the work that they are doing, whether you're, whether you're being coached or whether you're, you know, just training or whatever and whatnot. The fact of the matter is that you should be able to ride your bicycle pain-free and you should be able to ride your bike without any issues. So, uh, Andrew, that's why we're here to talk today. So I'm really excited to, to have you. I mean, where do you want to jump off, buddy? Where, where do you, where do you think we jump from there? Well, well, We'll touch on a few things that you just mentioned. Uh, the first being that you should be pain-free. Uh, cycling is not a pain-free sport. It's a self-inflicted pain sport. You shouldn't be uncomfortable on your bike, but if you're not in pain, I don't think you're doing it quite correctly. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, so and, you, you think pain, uh, you think self-induced pain is okay, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's the that's the name of the game, right? Whether you're uh, you're out for your local club ride or you're, you know, doing some crit banging, if uh, if you're not suffering, then nobody else is suffering, and we all do this to suffer a little bit. You gotta love that. You gotta love that. There's there's a uh, something to be said about that. We definitely like to inflict some uh, a little bit of suffering on ourselves and and by proxy others as well. So there's something to that, not in a malicious way, but in a you know, make, it makes you feel like you're alive, right? Correct. Good, good, friendly rivalry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, I want to kind of like, let's set the foundation and set the plate, set the table for you. You got into bike fit. You've, you've got a great business going. You're helping a lot of folks. Like, 
you know, I know you've been racing for a long time, Andrew, like, how did you come from racing? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, now I'm going to have this business and this is, this is the passion in which I want to pursue. How'd that come together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess we could, you know, rewind, right? So I I did my first ever BMX race, July 5th, 1999, right? So I'm coming up on 20 years of bike racing uh, this next week. Uh, At 15, I got into the road. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself to be a natural athlete. Uh, I've had to work hard to get to the level that I'm at, uh, now being that one, uh, you know, it's, uh, it wasn't just off of talent and hanging around. Uh, but one of the biggest influences in my cycling career, once I transitioned to the road was getting a bike fit. Uh, it, it changed the game for me. You know, I went from off the back to actually being able to hang and being able to perform in a race when my bike was set up properly. And that was when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old, like the light bulb clicked, like, wow, this actually really makes a difference. Um, but it wasn't, at that point, it wasn't necessarily something that I thought, you know, this is what I want to do in the future. Um, and it wasn't until I met my wife, Sam, who uh, is a Paralympian, two-time Paralympic medalist, world champion on the track, et cetera, et cetera. She, she has... Uh, some disabilities with her leg and, you know, we'd go out and train for, you know, three or four days and she'd have to be off the bike for three or four days because of, you know, nagging pain injuries. You know, she couldn't even get out of bed and walk after a few solid days of training. Um, you know, so I started doing more research into things that would help improve her cycling, how to keep her from, you know, how to keep her on the bike and progressing forward without having to take days off in between those, you know, key training sessions. Uh, and the more research I did, the, the more interested I became and the more knowledge that I gained, the less, the more I realized I didn't know. And the more I realized I didn't know, you know, made me want to learn more. Um, so I, you know, I went and took a few classes, uh, looked, did a lot more research, on my own and then decided, okay, yeah, this is, it made such a difference for me. It made such a difference for her. I know so many people can benefit from this being done the correct way. Not everybody is a, uh, a gingerbread man out of the cookie cutter and every person is different. Every person needs to be seen as an individual. And it wasn't something that I necessarily saw, uh, you know, in the bike pits that I've had in the past, you know, it, it seemed like it was more of a cookie cutter. This is the saddle height that people should have. This is the leg extension that everybody should have. Let's just put you right in that box and off you go. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody is unique and everybody's bike fit is going to be unique. And it, and it wasn't something that I was seeing, uh, until I, I went and took some courses out in Arizona at Psychologic. Uh, and you know, their philosophy really linked up with mine and that everybody is different and nobody is, you know, a cookie cutter. And, uh, you know, they gave me the tools I needed to progress into what I'm doing now that fit my beliefs and my, you know, my philosophies with fitting. 
Nice, dude. That's so awesome. I I had not made that connection with Sam. That makes so much sense. Cause, uh, so for those folks at home, like just a little background, Sam, uh, Andrew's wife, she's a total stud. Like, I mean, he just went down the list. Obviously, she's a total stud, but she is a huge, just a lovely, lovely woman. And her and my wife, Joy, have been racing together for a while. And I never recognized that with Sam's disability, um, and I, I hope I'm using the right word for that, you know, for, for Sam's yeah, challenge, right? Yeah, okay. So, so with Sam's disability, I never realized it was like three days on, three days off, for example. Right. So if, if you're to look at that and go, man, what are the things that I'm looking at that as a coach? Well, if you have an athlete that is three days can ride really hard and then all of a sudden three days off, well, we're losing half of the week, right? Like that's literally 50% of their time. They're trying to recover from training. Well, right. that's unacceptable, right? So yes, you know, obviously in my business, we spend a lot of time focusing on minor details and, and, and data to be able to help people get better. But that was a really big chunk, right? Like if you could just get her to ride one more day a week, let alone three more days a week, think of how that would change. And I'm going to guess a lot of her results have come from that and just being able to do that extra riding and do the extra training that is necessary because you've made it so that the bike was adapted to her. And I think that's amazing. She's a great example of that for all of us. And that, you know, maybe you don't have a formal disability, but I can tell you right now, I know plenty of people that have leg length discrepancies, serious muscle imbalances, maybe from a car accident or from an injury as a, as a high school athlete or, or, you know, they fell off, you know, their deck or their pool deck and broke their leg. Like there's plenty of people that have a number of those issues, be even a scoliosis that has been with people a long time. So there's, everybody has a little bit of, like you said, not, not necessarily cookie cutter stuff. So they have to be fit to something to that bicycle. And actually I think probably better worded, the bicycle has to be fit to them so that they can be powerful and potent. Right. I mean, everybody is perfectly asymmetric, right? Nobody is exactly the same one side to the other. And unfortunately a bicycle is made as a perfectly symmetrical machine. And when we look at, uh, handlebars, for example, that are all in, you know, you know, even number increments. So that way there's an even amount of handlebar on either side. Now, not everybody's shoulders are, you know, if you look at you down the center, you know, in some cases, some people's, you know, have a, a broader shoulder on one side than the other, or they have one leg that's longer than the other. Uh, and yeah, you know, some of those things could be adapted. You could slide a handlebar over to one side or the other, or, even potentially ride two different crank lengths, even though that's not something that, you know, we do very often or if ever at all, if we can avoid it. But, you know, the bike is made to be perfectly symmetrical. And unfortunately, as human beings, we, we are definitely not that. Well, I wouldn't even say unfortunately, brother, because the reality is the human condition is like, and this, this goes into part of our coaching philosophy is like, we believe people have immense potential and it's just like waiting to be tapped. And that's what we really love to do is help them, help them find that within themselves on their own journey um, and, and in pursuit of their own goals. So to me, it's like, well, if you had to make everybody cookie cutter, would it mean that the human condition would be like, we're much more limited? You know, it's almost because there's unlimited possibilities for people in shape, size, you know, height, weight, all those things. 
there's so many possibilities and variables there that you then have immense possibilities for what people are capable of. I mean, you can just look at from an athlete perspective, like, you know, a CrossFit athlete or, or a power lifter or somebody like that. That's, that's still a five, eight, five, 10 size male or female that's doing that workload, right? There's still a skeleton in there. And that's the same skeleton that's a, a Tour de France rider or a mountain bike racer or anybody is, it's the same skeleton. It's just vastly different body types, right? And, and that's where right. so, having someone's personal touch, like having you look at them, uh, I think is just so important for people. It can just make a, a, a huge difference in their riding experience, right? Absolutely. And, you know, with my, when somebody comes in for a fit with me, uh, you know, it's not just in the office, hop on the bike, start pedaling, uh, and set you up on the bike. I mean, the most important and the most fundamental part of what I do is analyzing the person that is in front of me, uh, and, and understanding what their abilities and inabilities are. You know, are they flexible? Do they have muscle imbalances? Uh, and, you know, understanding all of those things. So that way, when it does come time to get them on their bike, I now can adjust them properly so that the bike fits their needs. Uh, you know, it, it, supporting the body on the bike is what allows you to propel yourself forward the most effectively. And if you don't understand a person's body, you're never going to be able to set them up properly to, you know, to give them or to allow them to be the best athlete that they can be. I love that, man. Support, support, support. That's great. That's great. So, okay, let's get into this a little bit deeper then. So when I'm thinking of, you know, you've said a lot about individuals and this, that, the other, but I'm going to guess that there's like, you know, there's probably some fairly routine things that some people have, be it tight hamstrings or uh, upper back flexibility or, or whatever it is. You know, I, I don't know scoliosis of the back, whatever it is, but what are some like specific things that you see pretty generally uh, in people? Because when, when you did my, my bike fit with me, you kind of blow, blew my mind with a couple of things that, that, you know, and I've had a number of bike fits and, and some by some very, very good people. And, and you kind of brought it to my attention that like, hey, well, we want to do it like this because, and I was like, oh, that made such a big difference for me. And so I, I'm hoping that you'll kind of share some of those tips and tricks with us here on the podcast. Certainly. A uh, couple of big things that I see, uh, so like off the bike, physical strength, biomechanic, the body supporting itself, right? So uh, it's sort of a cheesy saying, but I use it a lot. Uh, and it's, you can't fire a cannon from a canoe, right? If your stabilizer muscles are not strong enough to support your body when those big muscles like your quads and your glutes are pushing into the pedals, you can have you can have all the quad and glute strength in the world, but if your stabilizer muscles are not allowing your body to be stable on the bike, you are not going to produce or put all of that power into the pedals. Uh, and one of the major things that I see a lot is, you know, most of the stabilizing we need on our bike is in our core and some of our uh, you know glute muscles that aren't necessarily turned on when we're cycling. It's something that you know the more research that I've done and that you know you know, physios are doing is that, you know, the glute medius, for example, which is a major stabilizer glute muscle, it, it doesn't just come on as soon as you start pedaling. You actually have to do some exercises before you get on your bike to get those guys fired up. 
So that way, when you are pedaling, they, you know, they are working and allowing you to build those, that strength to propel yourself further forward. So really like the stabilizer muscles in cyclists are, you know, there are high level athletes that I do work with that actually do the work and they don't have an issue with that. But most of my, you know, weekend warriors, nine to five people, it's, they're not spending much time doing those things off the bike and until it's brought to their attention, like, Hey, you have this, you know, amount of weakness. And if you, if you want to reach this goal or you want to have less, for example, knee pain, uh, most of the time knee pain is not caused by your knee. It's never your knee's fault. It's usually, you know, uh, stemming from either your foot or your pelvis. Uh, and if you want to have less of that knee pain, you're going to have to do some of these things off the bike in order to get everything, uh, you know, working properly. Uh, the other thing that I, uh, set a lot of people up with that they don't necessarily come in with, uh, is foot support. If the foot is not supported properly in your shoe, your, your foot's wiggling all over the place in your shoe. Uh, and you're just, you're putting power elsewhere than other, other than into the pedal. When it comes to riding your bike, your power is transferred into your pedals and it's going into the drivetrain. And if you're not pushing into the pedals, then, you know, you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors by any means. Absolutely. Right. You only have three, three contact points. It's your hands, your butt and your, uh, your feet. So you would think that each of those need to be as perfectly suited to their contact patch as possible because how we experience our ride is essentially through those points. Yes, of course, there's, you know, sight, sound, um, you know, even some taste if you're going hard in the maybe there's some metal in the mouth. But um, the, the point of the matter is the majority of our sensations, good or bad, is based on how our legs feel based on how we push the pedals, right? right? And you would, but also, and go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry I interrupted I was, you there. I was going to say it's, uh, it's very common for people to think that we only have three contact points, but we really have five, right? So you have your seat, you have two feet and two hands, uh, and nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody because it does happen, but people, people's feet aren't perfectly symmetrical left to right and their arch heights aren't the same. So when it comes to supporting, you know, both feet, both feet have to be supported properly in each shoe. Um, just because your right shoe is set up properly doesn't mean your left knee is not going to hurt. You know, both are, in, you know, both need equal amount of support in their own way because they're both individuals in their own right <laughs> to further that's you know, huge to, to further make things more complicated for for me well it's but that's why you're the expert right the, you're, you're you're at least seeing it like that and you're not saying oh well two hands are the same right or two shoulders are the same or two knees or two hips are the same i think that's really important for people to recognize is that that it is down to that level of granular detail that you're talking about at least we did on my bike fit. You looked at my hood height based on both my shoulders and what we needed to do to make sure one hand was good and the other hand was the other. I know in my particular case, I have one flat foot and one high arch, and we addressed that. And I think those things are really important because, again, those are not necessarily things that I would notice. Or if, if we rewind the clock to when I first got into cycling, I still had that same situation where I had a high arch and a flat foot, but... I never thought of having a supported, a supportive saddle or supportive arch supports. I just went out and rode hard because, well, you just need to get tough. You need to ride hard. And, and I know that a lot of folks, a lot of folks 
are looking at at their cycling through that prism as well, the primary tool that I need to sharpen is my mental toughness or my right. overall fitness and toughness. And it's like, that is true. But how about we carry you a little deeper into the race before we have to use that uh, HTFU mentality? Right. That's because right. I was just, you know, like, come on, you know, let's, let's not make it all suffering. Let's have, let's make it some fun too. Right. Cause that's half, that's half of it is that it's, it's a positive challenge. Right. And that, and then, then it becomes a positive feedback loop because, Again, if you're just suffering and you feel like no one else around you is suffering, well, well, why why keep doing this? This is madness. Whereas if you're suffering and you see everyone else is suffering, like, okay, that could be a call to action. Maybe that's a time to attack and erase or turn the screws or, you know, even if you're just riding with your buddies. I know so much of our our talks are always centered around racing, again, because you and I race together and have raced together for a lot of years. Absolutely, that's the way our, what our mindset is. But really, it only takes you know, two bike riders and a, and a city limit sign and you got yourself a race on your, you don't, you don't have to have a name. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, huh, that's, that's good stuff. What else would you say, Bosco? Uh, you know, some of the things that I just, I was really fascinated by how you supported the hands when we, uh, when we worked together, I thought that was really, really important, but something else that you talked about was that balance of, um, just understanding and recognizing that just because you have a problem in one area doesn't mean that that's the problem, right? And, and I think that's really important is for you to be able to take that 10,000-foot view looking at someone and say, oh, okay, this person maybe has lower back problems or knee problems or foot pain. Maybe my hands are going numb, whatever that issue is. And then you're able to suss that out to actually what the cause is. We're not just band-aiding it and say, okay, well, we'll give you thicker gloves because that'll help. Right. I mean, how, how do you go through that problem solving process? Right. And so that problem solving process for me starts when a person comes in and we sit down and we look at an entire, you know, we, I have a chat and we have a coffee. Uh, we talk about, you know, previous injuries, fractures, you know, what people do for their day job, what their ergonomic setup is, you know, are they doing manual labor for their job? Are they sitting at a desk, you know, for eight hours a day? Is it high stress? You know, all of those things play a huge factor into what I see on the bike. You know, I, I get guys that, you know, they work, you know, 80 hours a week at a desk all day. And then they come Ooh. in and they sit in my chair in my office and it looks like they're sitting on their desk. And then they get on their bike and it still looks like they're sitting at their desk and they're, they're complaining of lower back problems. And I go, Hey, look, let's, let's take a step back. This, the root of this problem is, is probably not your bike. It's probably what you're doing for 80 hours a week, week after week. You know, yes, we'll, we'll do some things to make your bike more comfortable for you, but we also need to address some off the bike things in order to progress direct direction. Um, another thing, you know, another huge tool that I have in my back pocket, and I don't think a lot of fitters necessarily in my direct area or, you know, my direct competition utilized is physical therapists. Uh, I would say maybe close to 30% of the people I see, I go, Hey, look, this is, I'm not going to bandaid your bike fit. Um, if you know, you're going to put the work in, uh, I'm not going to just throw these wedges in your shoes. I'm not going to just, you know, make these adjustments to make you happy when you leave today. You know, this is, I'll do up to what I feel comfortable doing and the rest 
is is up to you to go see a physical therapist to have those problems worked out to work on those uh, muscle imbalances and asymmetries so that way your body is now in a place that it can produce you know the best of its ability and be pain free uh, a lot of people come in and they blame their bike for a lot of their issues um, and and a good healthy amount of the time it is the bike that's you know not set up properly but there are a lot of people that come in that you know, they only have these sensations when they're riding their bike, but it's, you know, it's not their, it's not always their bike's fault. Uh, and so having a physical therapist, having some people to refer my clients to has been, you know, extremely handy. And, you know, and, and they get in, they see the PT and they call me a couple weeks later and go between the PT and this bike fit, I'm feeling the best that I've ever felt. Uh, well, for example, I'm not sure if you've, uh, chatted with Kim Wu at all, but you know, Tim Wu is a physical therapist in, in our area, and he's worked for the last, you know, three, four years on his stabilization, on being strong as he possibly can be. But his bike setup was not set up in a way that it was allowing him to utilize all of that work he was doing off the bike into the bike, translating into the bike. He came in, I saw him, you know, we set him up so that way all of the tools and everything that he was doing off the bike now translated onto the bike. You know, he's riding, I don't, I don't, want to say how much or how little he's riding, but he's riding less than half of the amount of time he was training when he was training full time. And he's going faster than he, than he ever has. Uh, so, you know, between bike fit and a physical therapist, you know, it, it's unbelievable what, what, what we can achieve. I love that, man. That's so powerful. And yeah, it's so to give you a little background and I know we've talked a lot about this stuff, like kind of offline, but but uh, so the first podcast I was ever on as a guest was Tim Wu's podcast. So that was, uh, yes, I know Timmy Time, Tim Wu very well. And in fact, uh, he and I have been messaging because I messaged him and said, hey, have you been like talking with Andrew? You guys have to be doing a, a, a some sort of collaboration. And in fact, you guys did a collaboration, Tim. And, uh, you and Tim did a collaboration with one of the guy, gentlemen that I've coached, which is Clayton Sproul. So I was really excited to see you guys doing those things and really being progressive just because uh, again, where we sit at Big Will Coaching is we believe that when, when folks invest in themselves, when athletes look at themselves and, and let's be real, I use the, the, I throw the term athlete around all the time, but I don't think a lot of people that, that are in my circle or, or, or maybe even that listen to this or other cyclists that they think of themselves as athletes. And in fact, the reason why I do that is because to be an athlete, you have to care for yourself. You have to understand that when you get on the airplane and they tell you that if we get in a situation and the, air, and the, the oxygen masks deploy, you have to take care of yourself first so that you can take care of those around you. Okay. So when I call people athletes and when I, when I address them, as our athletes, it's because I think they're the people that are going to save those around them. And how they do that is by taking care of themselves first, right? And that's what an athlete does is an athlete has to make sure that they are, they are squared away so that then they can go out in the world and do what they need to do, right? And so many of our athletes are that provider for their family. They are the mother. They are the father. They are, um, they are the team captain. They are all of these things. And the only way those things get done is if you address 
yourself first and make sure that you're squared away. And I know that's something that Tim Wu would be all about because, you know, he and I are motivated by such of the, the same things and listen to the Jocko podcast and some of these other things that are kind of about squaring yourself away. But um, I, I've got to say that is such a powerful partnership for you, but also again, you brought that to my attention straight away that possibly I was, ha- you know, I'd been told, in the past, Hey, Brian, you have a leg length discrepancy. And I thought, okay, well, you know, so does so many people. Right. But at the end of the day, through your adjustment, you said to me, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm comfortable looking at it, Brian. And I got to tell you that I think you're okay, but you still need to go see Tim because the imbalances you have are correctable. And that was so empowering for me because when I was told previously that like, Hey, you have a, uh, um, imbalance or a, um, a leg length discrepancy, you kind of feel helpless. Cause it's like, well, I was just born with it. I can't do anything about it. But then all of a sudden when you're like, Oh no, this is correctable. You have to do something. It's like, you gave me my marching orders and I was like, yes, sir. Okay. So I got a little homework. Great. Like, let me get better. Good. You know, no problem. And, and I hope that for our athletes, I know that when we are coaching that's always what we're trying to do is creative problem solving so that we can remove barriers and people can keep moving forward. And that's what it really is about to be an athlete is you just have to keep moving forward. You just can't quit. You got to keep moving forward. You might not be moving forward at the level or the speed at which you want to be moving forward, but you just can't stop. You got to keep moving. So I love that, Andrew. I love that you're, you're, you're pushing the envelope and, and uh, making that happen, dude. Nice work. Yeah. I mean, you know, and a lot of it is too, is, uh, and I keep touching on my personal experiences with bike fits in the past because I've been fit by, you know, half a dozen or so bike fitters over the last, you know, 15 years that I've been riding on the road. And, you know, one of the things that I never got was why they are setting me up the way that they are, well, what they're observing and then relaying that information back to me. Right. So all, so much of what I do and, and yeah, okay, you come in for a bike fit and it takes two and a half to three hours. And some people are like, three hours? What are we going to do for three hours? Part of <laughs> Don't you have to just time, raise the yeah. seat, dude? Come on. <laughs> right. But part, of, part of that time for me is explaining each exercise, explaining each you know part of the assessments along the way. So that way, my athletes, and much like you, I refer to every client of mine as an athlete. Because whether they're riding one day a week or they're riding... 20 or 30 hours a week, they are all athletes. They're all getting out there and they're all doing their thing to the best of their ability, which in my opinion makes them an athlete. Uh, every single one of my athletes, I want to take the time to inform them and educate them on what is going on with their bodies. And it really, you see a lot of people, you know, their, their eyes light up and go, Oh yeah, you know, I've been having this, that issue even before I was a cyclist and no one ever told me, that's why I was having this pain or that pain or, oh yeah, I guess, you know, when I do walk, I do walk sort of duck footed, but I never even really thought about, oh, maybe my bike should be set up that way. Or, you know, it was something that I noticed or somebody told me, but I, you know, I've known you for, you know, 15 minutes and you've picked up on this, right? So, so much of what I, of what I do is inform and educate my athletes as we go through the process. And it's amazing the motivation that they get from understanding themselves and then also the confidence that 
they get from what I'm doing because they understand everything that I'm doing along the way. Um, and I, you know, I, with some people, depending on their background, you know, sometimes you use the fancy terms and the big, you know, the big words and other people, you know, you use the more layman's terms, the basic, you know, lingo. So that way everybody can understand it the, in the exact same way. So that way their experience can be just as good as everybody else. Man, I love that. You, you, you reminded me of a quote that I just, I really, I really like. And kind of when we're having some days, you know, you have a rough day and you're just, you know, got a lot of stuff going on. You just feel like you're, you know, striking out every day. And, and some, my brother's kind of like my closest confidant, you know what I mean? So I was like, kind of check in with him and he and I have a quote that we, we share back and forth to each other. And it's a really simple quote. And it says, he who has a why can, can bear almost any how, right? And so obviously it's not just gender specific, right? So any, anyone who knows why they do something can bear almost any how. And so the, the thinking there is by you empowering your athletes and saying, hey, here's why we're going to address this. All of a sudden, it gives them the empowerment to do something about it instead of just saying, well, you know, this is this is just the, the, the hand that I was dealt. And I think that's really important that that your bike fit is really not just about adapting a body to a bicycle or adapting a body, a bicycle to a body. You're about educating people and you're about empowering them to go out and pursue their dreams. And, and that's where I was like when I had it with you, I thought, man, I have to get Andrew on the podcast because that, that synergy and that philosophy is so important because a, I just want to surround myself with people that are like helping, helping me and our athletes figure out why we do things so that we can keep charging forward and keep pursuing our goals and, and getting after it. So I, I love that, Andrew. What, um, speaking of actually come to think of it, Speaking of goals, you're, uh, we're hearing some birds chirping in the background, even some airplane flying over in, uh, in the sound quality there. Where, where are you at and coming from today talking about pursuing goals? Uh, you know, a handful of years ago, my goals were all cycling related. Uh, now with, you know, the bike fit business going, it, that's definitely, uh, taken up more of my attention. If you'd have told me 10 years ago that I would have enjoyed doing something as much, if not more than racing my bike, I probably would have told you you're crazy. Um, but at the moment I gave myself a little bit of a hiatus from being in the office and I'm out at the tour of America's Dairylands in Wisconsin doing, uh, doing a handful of race days to, uh, you know, soothe the soul, if you will. <laughs> uh, and support a teammate, and, right? And support and support my teammates. We've got a couple of juniors with us as well. You know, we're, uh, they, they've got a pretty good junior program going here, uh, that they started doing a couple of years ago out here at Dairyland. Um, so we actually have a couple of guys that are doing not only just the junior races, but they're also jumping into the, you know, elite pro one, two race at the end of the day to, to gain that experience as well. Uh, which has been super fun for me. Uh, you know, my goals being my business, I'm not quite at the same fitness level as I used to be. So. If I come out here and help these guys, you know, even if it's just with experience more than it is, uh, power, uh, yeah, I, it, I have a great time doing it. I love that, man. I love that. So, so, all right, let's, let's chat through that a little more because it's, 
you're so humble about it, right? So you've been racing, well, your first BMX race was when you were 15, you said? No, I was 10. It'll be 20 years ago next week that I, I've been oh. racing bikes. 20 years, man. Oh, that's wild though. So you, you know, I know you well enough to know, and the folks at home need to know you're a workaholic like I am, like you just work all the time. And, uh, literally you're on your way. In fact, you can't, you, you had some international travel when I wanted to do my bike fit and you came back early, not, not early, but you came back into the office a day. I came early back to, to the help. office early. <laughs> yeah. You came back to the office early to help me. And that wasn't because I was driving you saying, Oh bro, hook, hook me up. It was because you're just so passionate about helping people that that was where you're at. So it, it, it takes a lot for you to be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to step away from the office a little bit. And, uh, and, and focus on me. But I think that's important, right? Like just as remember, you fill a lot of cups and you help a lot of people out. And so we got to have you fresh of mind and spirit and body and all those things, dude. So I'm glad you're out there uh, chasing it. How, how the results been while you're out there? You guys been doing good? Yeah, they've been all right. We've been having a good time. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't had beautiful Southern California weather uh, that we're so accustomed to. It's been raining quite a bit. Uh, the race last night actually ended up getting, well, they canceled the men's pro event, uh, because they were so delayed because of, uh, thunder and lightning storms, which they're not going to let us race in. Uh, so the money's doubled down today. So we've been told, so it should be, uh, extra, extra fast. And it, I think there's a chance of rain today, hopefully without the thunder and lightning. So it could get a bit wet and wild out here, Wisconsin. I was going to say you're in for some grippy racing, but if it's going to be raining, uh, yeah, hard racing, but there, there won't be so much grip, will there? Definitely no grip. Definitely no grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. You know what? Uh, so, okay. Random question, random question, coach to bike fit guru. If an athlete has a crash, let's just say they're in a situation like you, they go and they're at their goal event and they race and maybe they're doing multi-day racing or, or otherwise they're in a series of events over a series of weeks. Let's say they have a crash, right? Like, Hey, you're in a slick spot or you're riding gravel and you crash or, or you're riding your mountain bike down some gnarly rock garden and you got the step off, you know, step off and have a problem. Maybe they bruise up a hip or, or otherwise do something like that. Is that cause for any sort of recorrection in their, in their fit or compensate in any way? Or are you like, nah, let's just get them healed. What do you, what are you thinking? Where's, where's your threshold yeah. for, how do you, when, when it's time to do something different and address, uh, the fit differently? Well, so the first thing is, and it's something that I say very often in the fit is I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. Um, so in some cases, you know, I'm not going to release an athlete to, yeah, I'm not going to say, okay, yeah, no, you're fine. Let's go ahead and get you back on your bike and get going. It's like, no, you, you need to see somebody that is a medical professional. That is your doctor. And if they say it's okay, then we will begin to forward from there. Um, now, when it, when it comes to being on the road, it can be tricky. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in the very circumstance you're talking about right now. I we uh, Before we came to Dairyland, we were in Hagerstown, Maryland for Elite Nationals, and I had an unfortunate crash in the road race. Um, so I ended up having to buy a new bike while I was out here, right? So now I'm doing bike fit on the fly, uh, set up to get it the best that I can. Unfortunately, it's, you know, when you get a new bike, it's never going to be quite that dialed without all the fancy tools that I have in the shop. Um, but, you know, in a multi-day event, it's tough because your body doesn't heal overnight, right? So you're going to have aches, you're going to have pains. If you can see a massage therapist to sort of help 
you know, loosen up the muscles that have been tightened up or, you know, see a physio or a chiropractor to try and help realign. But unfortunately, with the body and the way that it protects itself, especially after a crash, it's going to go back to that chin, if you will, that it's going to protect itself the best as it can. So it's not just, hey, I crashed. Let me go to the chiropractor or the physio. They're going to straighten me out and I'm good to go the rest of the week. It's, you know, it's something that you're going to have to do day after day until the body has realigned itself and brought itself back straight again. And, and even if they're not in a non, even if they're at home and it's not a multi-day event and they have a bad crash, it's not one of those, let me put a bandaid on it and get back on my bike and start training, you know, continue to train 20 hours, uh, getting in and seeing a physio, seeing a chiropractor, making sure you're taking care of your body before you get out there and start pushing it again on the bike is, is hugely important. And, and when it comes to the fit on the bike, uh, you know, there are some positional changes that we potentially can make to help with an injury, um, help take the load off of, you know, a particular part of the body, uh, and then as the rehab process goes, then we make the changes. Uh, you know, your bike, your bike needs to reflect where you are in that current moment. And as your body changes, you know, that's the way the bike fit needs to go. And, and it's the same, you know, even if we're not looking at an injury standpoint, somebody that is in a, you know, weight loss journey, for example, you know, their position on their bike, you know, they're, you know, five, nine, 250 pounds, their position is not going to be the same when they come in and see me at, you know, five, nine, 175 pounds, right? So as the body changes, their fit needs to reflect where they are at that time in their life. Uh, as we get older, our bodies change. We become more flexible. We get a job, you know, we have a job change. We have more stress, less stress. You know, in, in your situation, you have a kid and now you're sleeping, you know, five or six hours a night, as opposed to the nine that you're accustomed to, all of these things can affect your bike fit and, and which makes a bike fit a non-permanent position, right? So, you know, in a perfect world, I would get to see my athletes, you know, every six to 12 months, depending on their availability and, you know, various factors, uh, because, if they want the best out of themselves, their bike needs to reflect where they are at that time in their life. I'll be at their fitness level or injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Damn, that's good. That's, that's good feedback, dude. Cause I think so much of it kind of circling back to where we started is a, a lot of folks find themselves in a, in a situation where every, everybody's on a, you know, everybody has limited resources and everyone's working hard for their money. So you know, you look at it, well, okay, am I going to get this new set of race wheels? You know, cause Hey, you know, lighter is better. Right. Or am I going to go do that re recheck on that bike fit? Well, what's interesting, at least from where I sit as the coaching standpoint, I always think, I always want to remind people that power always wins in just about every equation. Yes. Weight matters. And I would be remiss to tell you that weight doesn't matter, but nine times out of 10, uh, and I would almost say 99 times out of a hundred, Power is what we need to focus on and either developing it or making sure that we can get it out of ourselves, right? And so something you and I talked about during my fit, which I think is really relevant for folks, is, you know, when I had got my last bike fit, we didn't have Seamus. And so I was doing 20 minutes of yoga every morning and then probably another 20 minutes of yoga in the evening besides my, my regular training. 
and I was meditating regularly. I, you know, I just had more time on my hands. Whereas now that is not available to me. There's, there's hardly any quiet around the house and, uh, stretching is, is I'm having to reemphasize that and actually deemphasize my, my riding so that I can do that right now. You know, I, I don't like, I don't want to make this podcast about me and my experience because that's not appropriate. <laughs> but, but what I, what I want to share with folks is that through, I, I had come to you saying all of these things and you simply said, well, geez, Brian, I can tell that your hamstrings are extra tight because you, in your current fit position, you, you know, yes, your flexibility allows you to get in that position, but because your hamstrings are short, we should bring the front end up. And that was so powerful for me. And, and I believe when you and I like you did literally, we didn't do that much. And I told you when I left, I was like, Andrew, I feel like I'm powering my bicycle now. I'm like, I'm going somewhere. Whereas before I was cutting some of that power off and, and I'm in the position with elevate KHS pro cycling where I have some incredible teammates that are super, super powerful and it's my job to support them. And I need to make sure I squeeze everything out of myself and I'm, so I'm really looking at all of these things and all of these details to help me get better. And I've just been so thankful that you've been able to help me do that. But then even more so, which is, means the world to me is that I could send my athletes to you and they've, they've all benefited in some way because we're very, we're a whole lot more similar than we think. I know some people listening might say, well, I'm not a pro or, you know, I've not trained 30 hours week after week, but I, I can tell you we have a whole lot more in common than people think we do. So yeah, I got, I got to thank you for all that. Yeah, no. And, and I, people send, you know, I get calls and, you know, emails all the time. Oh, you know, the, the, of course they always ask, you know, how much do you charge? That's a pretty, you know, basic question in this day and age. Um, but you know, they all, all the time I get, well, I'm not a professional, you know, I don't ride that much. I'm, you know, I ride just on the weekends. Is this something that I have to do? <laughs> And, and to me, and, and not just because it's my business and it's my livelihood. It's if you're going out for four hours on your bike ride, you know, a week, you want to enjoy every single minute of that bike ride. You know, there's no reason to take the thing that you enjoy doing and then put you on the bike and then be miserable for, you know, three and a half of the four hours. Uh, and then, you know, be so excited to get back home and, and get off your bike. So that way you can, you know, get feeling back in your feet and in your fingers. <laughs> Uh, so whether you are a top, you know, top level racer, or if you're just a, you know, one or two day a week kind of rider, it, it's equally as important for everybody to come in and do proper bike fit. That's good stuff, dude. That's good stuff. So, all right, Bosco, I want to ask you something. This is, I think this is super important. You see the world a little bit different than others because you're always looking at bodies and you're looking at, you know, imbalances and you're looking at, at, at adjusting bikes to fit people. What, what are like three performance tips that you have that you, you think that people should be doing that can help them get the most out of their riding experience? Aside from getting a bike fit, um, you can call it that one too. You can say that one, you can say that one too. I don't care. All right. So, well, then that's definitely the most important, right? In my eyes. Um, but we'll, we'll put that aside because I think that's a given considering that we're having this conversation today. One of the most important things that you can do to get the best out of yourself, um, mental training, mental toughness, you know, 
being able to push yourself. If you're, if you're not self-motivated, it doesn't matter what your level of talent is. You're not going to get anywhere. Um, now that's not my, that's not my, uh, you know, expertise. That's not my market. That's, that's more what you, you do. Um, but it's definitely a huge piece of the equation. Um, the second would be, you know, doing some off the bike work, working on those stabilizer muscles, working on strengthening your core, working on, you know, making sure all of those, you know, key muscle groups are strong. So that way you are firing a cannon from a, a naval, you know, warship and not a, you know, dinky little Dang. zodiac. Yeah, a little dingy. Exactly. Uh, and the last thing is, and it's something that I recommend to, you know, 100% of my clients. And it kind of seems like a funny thing to be on the top three list, but custom footbeds or semi-custom footbeds will change people's lives forever. Uh, it's amazing what a fully supported foot can do when it comes to pedaling dynamics and producing power when that foot and arch is supported properly. Uh, and I, I have off the shelf, you know, regular arch supports that I sell through my studio. But honestly, if I didn't ever have to sell another pair of those, cause every person walked in with a custom or semi custom footbed, uh, it would make, it would make me grin from ear to ear. Cause it would, it would solve, it'll solve some world problems. I think. I would. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. It's all some world problems. Just properly supported feet can change the world. People would have a generally better d disposition, right? Uh, absolutely. That's great. All right. So uh, is there anything else that you think we need to touch on or anything else that, that athletes need to know about getting a bike fit or maybe things that they're not um, thinking or, or that are obvious when they come to their mind that you want them to know? Um, uh, I think people just being in touch with themselves and understanding their bodies as much as they can. Um, and if, you know, if they don't have a background in, you know, physiology and these types of things, being seen by somebody that doesn't understand them. So that way they know going forward, you know, what they need to do to be better athletes to achieve their goals. Cause at the end of the day, we all have goals. We want to achieve our goals. And if we don't know what we need to do to progress forward, then we're, you know, you're never going to get there. Got it, dude. Love that. Okay. How about some closing gratuity then? Andrew, what do you think? Uh, you got a lot of good things, man. You got a lovely <laughs> wife there. You got a growing business. You're uh, apparently, you got a new bike now. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> what are you well, thankful we've been, we've, for, man? We've been talking for almost an hour. Do you have another hour worth of time? to go through the list you know what no, uh I, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah we'll I mean, go for the cliff the, notes version dude we'll go for the cliff notes version i think much like a good bike fit needs support if it wasn't for the people around me uh i wouldn't be in the position that i'm in and i'm extremely extremely thankful for you know my family my friends and most especially my wife you know she's the one that uh never gives me a hard time about, you know, getting to the office at, you know, seven in the morning and not getting home until 10 o'clock at night. She knows I love what I do and that I'm willing to, you know, take the time to, to work with each person and take as much time as I need. So I'm extremely thankful for all of those people. Um, very thankful for the experiences that this, 
you know, cycling industry has, has given me, both traveling and, and the people that I've met along the way. Uh, and I'm extremely thankful for this opportunity to get to talk to you uh, and share my passion, share my knowledge in, in the area that I am sort of gaining some expertise in. I don't want to say that I'm the expert and know everything because that would, it would be unfair for me to lead people on to think that I know everything. True that, true that brother. But let me, I just got, I just got to tell you this, dude, you are the expert. You do a great job. You're changing people's lives and you're making their enhancing their experience. It's okay to say I am on a journey, a professional journey for me to get better. Cause I can tell you in my coaching, absolutely. I'm striving every day to get better. I'm not going to, I want to be able to check the box every day that I did something to provide more and greater value and more knowledge and expertise for my athletes. But by no means am I, am I done with that journey? I'm still walking that journey and I'm trying to figure out how to walk it faster. And that's, (laughs) and that's, and that's really where you're at, right? That's really where you're at. You're, you, you are an expert. You can provide so many people. So many people can get benefit from what you're talking about. You're doing cutting edge things like partnering with with uh, physical therapists, you got a lot of great stuff going on, man. So please, as someone who's a your friend and be a fan of what you're doing, don't sell yourself short and don't be so modest because it's okay to say, yeah, man, like I can put my, put my hands on you and we can figure out what's going on and we can get you having a better riding experience in three hours or less. Like, that's, right. that's great. That's great, and Andrew. I'm, that's who you are, bro. And I'm grateful for uh, people being willing and, and trusting in what I do. Uh, and being open to the things that I, you know, suggest in, in order for them to get the best out of themselves as well. I love it. How, how can they get a hold of you, Andrew? Um, cause I've just, you know, I just use your cell phone because we're buddies, but like <laughs> there's, there, maybe that's not the best way for people to get a hold of you. What is the best way to, for people? Yeah, to absolutely. Uh, I, there's definitely many means of communication. Um, I can always be reached by phone. Uh, it's okay if I just spout out my contact information over the podcast. Are you asking me for permission? I'm a, I'm asking you for, for permission. What you don't need permission from me, bro. Okay. You're good. Uh, You're good. So, so I, can, I can be reached <laughs> by by phone uh nine zero nine area code four seven seven one three five three. Uh either call or text message. I know in this uh new generation coming through, nobody likes to talk on the phone anymore, so I can be reached via text. Um email at Bosco at gmail.com. B as in boy, O-S as in Sam, C-O, bike, B-I-K-E, fits, F-I-T-S, at gmail.com. Uh, I could also be found on Instagram or Facebook at Bosco Bike Fits as well. You've been having some cool Instagram posts recently. I've been hitting the like button on those. That's good. Yeah, I, I wish I could take credit for that. But uh, once again, my amazing wife, who I, a.k.a. my marketing manager, uh, knocks it out of the park with the Instagram posts and content. So uh, I wish I could take more credit for that, but uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. And that's, that's all her. Yeah. I love it, man. Hey, she does a great job. She's a sweet woman, but I got a, the first thing that came to my mind real quick was like, when you're giving out your phone number, I was like, well, Either, either some telemarketer somewhere is going to start trying to you know, <laughs> say, say they hijacked your social security number or something like that. But then I was like, wait a second. What if I could tell our listeners that they'll get a pair of big little socks if they say that they hide, you know, that would, that would be wrong. That would be wrong. Uh, I can't, <laughs> we can't, we hey. can't, I, I can't give out prizes for people to harass you, but I would, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I could be persuaded I'm to always- do so. 
I'm always good for a laugh and a prank call now and then, as long as it's not in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's right. So during regular hours. <laughs> during regular okay. hours, correct. Good. All right. Well, dude, I, I have to say, you know, you are, thank you for, for enhancing my experience riding. Thank you for being willing to enhance our athletes and take care of them personally when they've come see you, but also just being able to share your knowledge with us in this podcast. I really appreciate it. I know it's been a bit of informal. We had to kind of work it in here while you're in between races and, and uh, apparently in between rainstorms, but yeah, you know, we're Andrew, I just think you're doing a great, great things over there. You know, I want to, I want to talk with you and, and Dr. Tim Wu about doing some more stuff together and just making sure that our athletes know that investing in themselves is like, that's the best money spent. And we're super, super happy to be able to refer people to you, man. Thanks for your time. Give your wife a big hug for uh, joy. And I, I know that uh, I will. She just won her 10th national championship uh, yesterday in the time trial. So, you know, she's, uh, she's out in Knoxville, Tennessee, kicking butt over there at the moment. And did you do a bike fit for, did you do her TT bike? Uh, a lot? You know, uh, there, there are certain things in life that are just, uh, you know, are, are no fly zones. And, uh, I value my marriage too much to, uh, do the, to do her bike fits as well. So, uh, the guys who have mentored me and taught me everything I know about bike fitting are the ones that take care of her. Because at the end of the day, it's much easier for me to sleep at night knowing that I was the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> some people some people sometimes are like hey hey do you coach joy and i was like dude no way <laughs> exactly so you know exactly Never. what i'm talking about yeah yeah i don't want any sort of any sort of part of that <laughs> no way so that's awesome man so see you're so good you're so good you're willing to let it go when when you know the right thing is uh having somebody else handle it that's awesome man see that's the kind of guy I want to be working with. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Bosco. You are oh, awesome. Thank you. And, uh, man, I wish you good luck tonight. I know everyone listening will be like, they'll be wanting to check in on you. So you have to do some Instagram posts or something like that to say, uh, how, how big Bosco did, uh, at this trip. And I, and I think we'll see you back at the races here locally next weekend, right? Yeah. We'll see you guys soon. Yep. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks so much, Andrew. We'll talk to you very soon, brother. And uh, best of luck with Bosco Bike Fits. We'll be cheering, cheering you on. Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on again. Anytime, brother.